Welcome to the Performance Nutrition Podcast, giving you the latest evidence-based research and cutting-edge insights for elite mental and physical performance. He's connecting you directly with the world's leading experts and coaches. Here's your host, Dr. Bugs. Hey everyone, season four of the Performance Nutrition Podcast, bringing you evidence-based insights from world-leading experts to take your nutrition game to the next level. It is the end of 2020. Uh, It's been a very different year. It's been a very challenging year. But, of course, that means a lot of opportunities as well. Opportunities to reflect on what's important for you, on what's important for your family, your career. And with that as the backdrop today, I'm honored to have on a lifelong friend, strength and conditioning expert, Mr. Clance Laylor is on the podcast He's worked with numerous professional athletes over his long and illustrious career, as well as a lot of young athletes today. And so we're going to talk about his career path, the people who influenced him and helped shape that path. And of course, he's put a lot of those insights into his new book called Dominate. In this episode, Clance is going to talk about some of his career mentors, Mr. Pierre Roy and Mr. Charles Poliquin, and how they supported him throughout his career. We'll talk about how to establish a culture in your gym, the value of intensity, and how the leader-follower dynamic really, really sets the tone for how your group works. Clance will talk about some common mistakes young athletes make when lifting, coaching and communication style with today's young athletes, as well as what he sees on the nutrition front in the gym with a lot of his professional and younger athletes, and of course, much, much more. Always a fascinating discussion. Uh, really value the insights of a longtime coach. So hope you le- you enjoy this episode as well. And before we get rolling, this episode is sponsored by Athlete Evolution, performance nutrition education for athletes, coaches, and practitioners. Our first beta launch kicked off on the Performance Nutrition's Foundations course this past fall, and we were thrilled to have practitioners from over twelve different countries take part from around the world. Really enjoyed the experience with them. The virtual roundtables. And so as we build on that in 2021, our second beta launch will start January 17th. That's January 17th. Again, we'll be capping enrollment. So if you'd like to take part, the enrollment will open January 1st. And of course, the first 20 people can take advantage of 50% off the course as well. So if you're a strength coach, nutritionist, personal trainer, practitioner, anyone who wants to upgrade your performance nutrition skills in a very practical manner, and of course, earn some uh, CE credits along the way, then this course is definitely for you. Head over to athleteevolution.org. That's athleteevolution.org. Sign up to the pre-sale list there. Of course, you can always email carly at drbubs.com, C-A-R-L-Y at drbubs.com, of course, to hear more about that as well. Awesome. Season four, episode 20. Let's round things out in 2020 with coach Clance Laylor. Enjoy. Clance, thanks so much for taking the time today. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. Well, listen, you know, it's, it's fantastic to have you back on the on the show. You know, I think it was almost four years ago now we had you on in season one, you know, talking all about sprints and, you know, really excited actually to dive into, you know, I feel like it's taken you a while to, to put pen to paper here, but we finally have a book from you. Um, so, you know, let's, let's, let's start there. The book's called Dominate. You know, what, what motivated you and what finally galvanized that book to come out? 
Yeah, man, it's been a while. I can't believe time flies, man. Wow. Uh, what, four years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dominate. They can't ignore you. To me, it was I wrote the book to basically, you know, help. I noticed a lot of parents, a lot of athletes, um, whether you're amateur or pro, just to help cut through the noise. Um, there's just a lot of noise in terms of, you know, everyone's being pulled in this direction. So I just wanted to kind of lay out some of my experiences, what I've what I've I've been through as an athlete, athletes I've trained who've been successful and just kind of give them a, a map of of, uh, OK, this is what you really if you're not, you know, born with, you know, super genetic um, gifts. Awesome. Yeah, you know, hey, you got to do some work. And this is the kind of way you have to kind of structure your work. And that's pretty much it. So that's what I wanted to do is just kind of get rid of the gimmicks and, and a lot of the noise and help them kind of give, give them a map to somewhat of a success. Yeah, I mean, it's great because obviously knowing you well and you just go working, working for you, it does give you this glimpse into just the intensity of being in the facility, right? I think that's always the part where when trainers are writing programs or athletes are following programs you know there's there's sets there's reps there's rest periods but you know the 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 intensity the the effort the sweat that's really being put into all that is really you know the x factor in a lot of this and you know can you maybe talk about you know i know you with even maya you know you guys travel in the world with uh you know olympic lifting competitions you know the intensity that's you're exposed to there and obviously with the athletes can you touch on on that and just how important that is well you know funny thing you said i just had a staff meeting the other day and talking to my coaches and they asked me you know they asked me a question how basically how how you know how how are they doing you know what are what what we can improve on and and so on i said the biggest thing you know once you have technique established you have um you know, just like you said, reps and sets and so on. The holy grail is intensity. And who can, the athlete or coach who can master the right dosages of intensity usually reigns supreme, you know, because the thing is the athletes who can play, uh, do their sport, perform at a high intensity, wins and the more you can practice that you win you know just like soccer you know uh um you know moving them all ball fast dribbling uh at high intensity fast pace that's what i've noticed over the years and that's what we've tried to not try to put into our implement into our training system at lps athletic center in intensity so with my daughter now that is the key you know obviously the human body can only handle so much, but you got to play with that, right? Sleep, you know, right, you know. Nutrition, the whole bit, right? Nutrition, like, yeah, that's where it comes in huge, you know. You know, I've called you about that a lot of times about with my daughter and her nutrition and so on and so mm-hmm. forth, which is always a battle. But that's when it comes in. The, the more you can adapt to intensities, the more you are, the athlete is exposed to intensities and they can handle them those intensities the faster they adapt and the better they perform 
And it's amazing how important that coach's eye and experience is in that whole process because obviously today we've got all the apps and gadgets and everything else that trying to guide us, trying to assess athlete readiness, etc. Um, but, you know, I remember you know, you, your work with Pierre Roy years back and, of course, legendary Olympic lifting coach. And, you know, you, you're talking about how Pierre could even just, just by the sound uh, of the lifts could predict whether the athlete had, had good technique, good form, and, and the quality of the lift, you know, which is obviously saying something. Can you touch on, you know, your, you know, some of the people that you've learned on throughout the way and, you know, some of your time with Pierre? Hundred uh, percent. Uh, it's funny how you know Pierre is my mentor. You know, one of the one of the least known, but one of the greatest coaches I believe. You know, in the strength game is uh, Pierre War. He's my mentor. I, I learned so much from this man. I you know, the book wouldn't be you know there without him. That my Maya wouldn't be traveling the world. I wouldn't be the coach I am without Pierre. I've learned so much from this uh, this uh, great man, Pierre Wa, uh, from Quebec. Um, yeah, it's you, when you can, when you hear you, you get to a point of coaching where you can just hear the bar, hear the athlete move. You can hear the sound of the bar, boom, or hear the athlete's feet, boom. I know someone's gonna PR. Or they're gonna have a good session. You can just. You know, sometimes you can just feel the velocity of the bar moving. And, you know, um, it's just amazing. The other day, you know, funny, Maya was in the gym and she was doing power snatches. And, you know, she's only it was only 50 kilos on the bar and she was moving. And and I said to the next guy on the she was just moving that way. Boom, boom, boom. And and the guy was like, you know, looked a little nervous. And I go, hey, you can feel that power. Eh? But that's what it is. <laughs> You, know, you can feel that power, man, and 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 um and that's how it is. And we train our athletes to move, you know, uh, high velocities. You know, uh, we 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 put that into our training uh, day in day out. You you have to move weight. Speed is king. Move that weight as fast as possible. And Clance, for listeners who aren't. F- familiar yet with 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 your daughter Maya Layler can you give us a quick background of, of her accomplishments so far Maya Layler is a commonwealth champion she's she came fifth in the world junior uh the 2019 world championships uh in the 71 kilo weight class uh, for olympic olympic with olympic weightlifting sorry um <laughs> and uh you know, holds many uh, records. Uh, she's junior. She's been to the Junior Worlds 2014, Kazakhstan, um, 2015, Poland. Um, right now, you know, COVID has uh, you know slowed. You know, put yeah. in our plans, but we're you know on track for the. 2020 olympics but uh, for tokyo but now it's been delayed so you know she's right there so hopefully 2021 um yeah so many international competitions um and you know she's re- in terms of athlete athlete she started weightlifting late uh, around 16 years old so she's really progressed and accelerated in a uh, short span of time right i mean I remember, right. I remember her coming in those at that time, just starting into it, and it's amazing to see how quickly she's progressed. But also amazing to see, 
you know, all the elite athletes and professional athletes who are lifting next to Maya and as she's getting stronger and moving all these weights. I mean, you know, obviously standing out amongst the groups of really strong and, and fit athletes, which is pretty exceptional. You know, when you, if we look at just a, you know, high school collegiate athlete who's coming in, you know, what are some of the common, you know, I don't know if mistakes is the right word, but the common mistakes or errors or, or, or misconceptions that you see with, with some of the younger athletes that you're trying to, you know, uh, reprogram when they come in. One of the most, one of the, the most common things I see with athletes is the disruption of what I call the biological leg springs. And just to keep it simple is that a lot of athletes, they're very immobile. They're tight, ankle tightness. They're just, they, they're, it's like they're, it's like a bricks down there. Um, uh, the mobility is poor in terms of the ankle, knees, hips, and shoulder girdle. So we've had many collegiate baseball players, football players, you name it. Basketball players. <laughs> Basketball players. Yeah, like crazy. So um, that's one of the biggest things. It's, it's actually a, a lot of these, you know, yeah, they got to get stronger, but they need to get stronger on the proper foundation. And I find that a lot of athletes are actually getting stronger on the uh, on an incorrect a faulty foundation and that you know just leads to or perpetuates more injury instead of solving the problem so what we try to do is actually and it's frustrating for a lot of athletes i get you know the longer they've been in you know pros coming in you know we have to take a couple steps back and then rebuild them um, and so a lot of athletes who come into our gym they're actually the stronger they are a lot of times the tighter they are the more emo the more immobile they are and these things are just ankle what i say achilles tendon ruptures uh acl tears uh waiting to happen and we try to address that and let them know right away so i that is the the biggest thing i've seen is just the the huge amount of uh uh inflexibility or in their ankle complex and their lower body ankles knees and hips yeah i mean it's it's amazing isn't it? especially today in the instagram generation everyone's chasing numbers and form and technique and all those things can can take a back seat to all that and if we circle back and talk about some other you know coaches and, and mentors in in your career you know no charles poliquin also you know renowned canadian strength coach um played a big role as well can you tell us a few you know lessons learned working under charles working with charles where do i start well charles is huge i wouldn't have met pierre without charles so it's actually i met charles first and then i actually learned that pierre taught charles a lot and that's when i i reached out to um pierre um, um regarding maya but pierre t taught me how to olympic weightlift um how to coach Olympic weightlifting first, but Charles, uh, in terms of, you know, business coaching, you know, Charles is a, a, a great mentor for me. Um, for Charles is, uh, you know, motor unit recruitment, getting strong, uh, structural balance, things that we, we still use that we use that in our, in our system today. Um, you know, um, so I, I credit Charles a lot. We use a lot of 
Charles, what I've learned from Charles with our athletes to this current day. Um, and he um, definitely brought a lot of intensity as well, didn't he, Charles? To a hundred percent. Charles is, uh, yeah, we've, we've, Charles is, uh, you know, rest in peace. He, he, he was, he was no nonsense, man. If you work with Charles, you, you, um, there's a couple of times we butt heads pretty well. Um, and, uh, but he, he meant business. He was uh, serious about what he did. Um, and you got to keep up. And the thing about Charles is you didn't know if he liked you or not, or he was, but he all, he, he was a tough guy, but if he liked you and, and, and saw potential and with you, he was always on me because he saw my potential mm-hmm. and I going to appear, you know, at that time you don't appreciate it. You know, this jerk is always on me. This guy, just give me a break. You know, I'm not making any, but he was just on me hard. He was riding me hard because he saw my potential. You know, he knew, um, I was going to be a good coach. He, he told me that, you know, uh, reluctantly one day, I don't know, it slipped out, but he doesn't give a lot of compliments. So when I, you know, um, but Charles, yeah, it, you know, just even just simple, you know, how to deal with athletes. You know, a lot of things he would tell me and a lot of things he told me was like, you know, after because uh, I, I, you know, I worked with him. I interned with him. You know, the, it would be after the long day we go sit and eat. That's when you get a lot of gems, a lot of jewels when, sure. when grabbing a steak and he'd relax a little bit and, and, and let you in a, a couple of things. He was very intuitive in terms of uh, people, their personalities, Um you know, uh, I think that's one of the good things with Charles. He, he really knew how to command respect, let athletes respect you. So he taught me about that. He, he And a lot of the things that I, you know, you didn't understand. I didn't understand then. I understand now based on, you know, you know, that's his experience. He's been through it, working with professional athletes, um, working with alpha males, um, you know, females and Charles would tell you, you know, females are 100 percent. If you once you got a female's trust, they, they're with you forever. Males, you know, uh, you work, work with males after a while. They think they know it all and then they make their mistakes. They come back, you know, and that's a fact, <laughs> you know, there you go. They, they think they got it all and then they, they take off and whatever. Then they realize, OK, you know, I think Clance, it's not quite the same. <laughs> now Clance obviously today's athletes you know it's a different generation you know even I remember being coached in basketball and it's different than to even today um, you know so so what elements for you in terms of coaching younger athletes you, you talk about that coach's eye and just being able to understand the person in front of you maybe their personality types like there seems to be a lot more layers today of, 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 of how we approach athletes you know are there Maybe how has your coaching strategy changed over the years, or 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 has it? You know what? I, I I've I've actually went through a phase where I I've struggled with that a little bit. Um, and it's not because the the athletes, you know, I care, but sometimes because I care, I come off a little strong, and. I've noticed a lot of athletes sometimes can't take that. And, you know, I'll, I'm not a yeller, but I do yell. And I, I'm about, when you're in the gym, about that, I'm about that business. You got to work. Focus on your work. 
and then you can talk later or you know it's just that structure of training i'm a fun guy but we got to get the work done you're here mm. for a result and i want that result like and i'm on you for that result and that's it i don't care who you are this we're not in a you know this is not a party you're here for it let's get to work and that's always been my attitude i've t- i've calmed it down a little bit for a little a while and a little while just to try to tap into the, you know, some of the new generation, as you said, the social media generation, a little, they're a little tender. They, they, if, you know, uh, if you're a little too stern or a little too strong, they, they take it the wrong way. And I've, I struggled with that. So what I, how I dealt with that, I've realized that, listen, if you, Hire me to get a job done. I, I, I'm invested. I want that job. I want you to be a better athlete. So for me, it's any means necessary to make sure the athlete is better. Sometimes I come off strong and I'll jump on you for something. But what I learned is everyone's different. And I, and I always circle back. And the funny thing you said just, uh, just a little while ago, you know, before this whole thing, I, I, I lost it on a couple of athletes in terms of, you know, I'll have a lec- I'll give them a quick lecture on what I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. But a, a, a specific athlete triggered that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can sense this athlete. He can, he can handle it. You know, uh, he knew he triggered it. Um, and a couple of athletes after, after I was finished the talk um, about, you know, the training, the structure, the focus, why I want you to do things, why I want you to lower the weight, why I want you to train to full range of motion, why I need these things um, done properly before we progress. Because a lot of guys, you know, they come in, they're strong or they think they're strong and they just and they watch other athletes like Maya or whoever mm-hmm. move big weight. They think they're ready for it, but they're not. Ligaments and tendons, they're new, are not ready. The body has to adapt. It's a process. You know, a lot of times they're working in, you know, short range of motion. So I, I, I went nuts about that, you know, but I, I calmed down and I talked to them. But what I did, I waited a couple after the weekend, I came back and I went to that specific guy, called him in my office and I and I talked to him. I let him know. And he appreciated that because he knew he triggered it. But he appreciated the fact that I sat, talked to him. Like, hey, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Be a jerk. I'm not a jerk. I want the best for you. I'm doing this for the best for you. And once you find a way to do that, I think that's the best way to get to the athlete. Don't leave things open. So I'm not going to scream and yell and or jump on you without letting you understand why. And most of the times I do jump on an athlete, you know, I don't know if that's a wrong term or whatever. It's just <laughs> I feel because it. I care, right? It's not, it's not just for any reason. I want you to have fun. I, and I want you to do your best. I want you to enjoy your time in the gym, but you got to understand we're here to do the work. And then I and I find that's my that's how I've been dealing with it because I actually called my mentor. I called Pierre and and I talked to him about it. And he and he and he just told me straight. Pierre is pretty is a funny. He's a nice guy, but he gets to the point. Goes Clance. He said to me. You know, it's up to you what kind of legacy you want to leave. You know, you want to be a. A, a tough coach that gets results or you want to be a soft coach with soft results choice is yours and that was it done 
you know, I'd rather be tough and get the results. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, you mentioned a couple of big things there. I mean, one of them is that why factor, right? Like athletes knowing, especially in this generation, they do want to know why, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's such a big part of it of once they can understand why something's happening, it's amazing how, as you mentioned, that buy-in of knowing that the, the, yeah, the coach or the practitioners behind you, they were just pushing you for a reason. And that's, so that's a big one. And then the other one that, that resonates is just the, you start to set that culture, don't you? And just walking into LPS, it's like you feel the culture right off the bat. Like everyone, and I'm sure you've noticed this over the years, you probably have to, you know, set the tone less and less because it's just everyone is doing what they're, you know, they're, they're, they're lifting to such a extent. And I know Maya now probably has carried the torch over from you in terms of how hard she works when she's in the gym because it's, that you know, that sort of intensity creates the environment that everyone just starts to follow that, that approach, right? A hundred percent. It's a it's a double edged sword because, you know, that's why I I I um I got upset because the new guys or girls get caught. Mostly guys, the ego, you know, they get caught up into that. They don't understand that. Hey, a Mark Friedman's been he's plays for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's been training me for eight years, so you can't be trying to move the weight like he's trying to move now. Or Fabian Foot, Wayne Moore, just to name, you know, these guys are pro athletes, but they've been training me, training with me since college or high school, right? So no fast tracking, um, no fast tracking. <laughs> so you got a lot of times they get frustrated, frustrated with that, and 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 um, you have to set that tone. You have to because they're gonna get hurt. And at the end of the day, I'm the co type of coach. You walk through the door, you are my responsibility. Right. So you get hurt. Doesn't matter if you do something stupid. It's my responsibility. And that's the way I address. That's the way I go about it. So I'm proud of the culture we have. Like, that's one of the biggest things. A lot of people, non-athletes, executives, they just love the energy, love the culture. It's hardworking. But we're good people, you know. Um, but when, when it's time to work, they they flip that switch. They, they, they people are amazed at the gym, how that you know, someone will say, hi, how are you doing? Great day. And all of a sudden they flip that switch. It's time to work. I love that. Like talking to you now, I just feel I'm so happy about that. I'm proud of that because that's what it takes to be world-class. You know, a lot of athletes I, I work with, they are, they want to be world-class. They want to be, they want to sign that pro contract. They want to, um, you know, make that roster. Um, they want to make a difference. And I'm, I'm a happy we attract that mindset. And, and if you don't have that mindset, we're going to, we're going to, you know, create that mindset, you know, mold that mindset. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is impressive. It's not an easy thing to, you know, you can't fake it. Can you building that kind of culture? Just, it, it, it takes the effort. It takes the years. And, uh, you know, if we kind of shift gears here a little bit to the nutrition side, obviously if you can expose to so many athletes, so many different ages, you know, for you, what are some things that come up with, with, you know, young aspirational athletes when it comes to the nutrition side of things? What are some of the things that you see or hear that you, you know, maybe make you cringe a little bit or these areas that you want to, you know, you need to work on with them? You know, this funny thing, I was, we were training this uh, um, very good volleyball player. Um, very talented kid. He said to me one day, we're talking about his nutrition. Um, right now we have a specific nutrition coach, but before I used to handle it. And he was saying uh, this, 
I think wide receiver, I can't remember his name. I think played for the Cincinnati the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I his face, I remember his face, but I can't remember. He used to do the cha cha. Yeah, Ocho think, Cinco. Yeah, man. There you go, Chad Johnson. <laughs> yeah, Chad, so I think Chad Johnson is one of his favorite players, right? He goes and uh, and he's not joking. This kid was dead serious. He goes, "Hey, oh, you know, we're talking about eating, you know, healthy foods, whole foods, good fruits, you know, vegetables, good meat, mm-hmm. uh, fish, and so on and so forth." He goes, "Man." I don't have time to make all, you know, to, 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 you know, we're trying to get him to, you know, hey, get in the kitchen and take care of yourself. Stop, you know, bothering your mom. You got to take responsibility type thing. Start preparing the food, start getting your hands dirty a little bit. <laughs> exactly. He goes, you know, Oche Cinco, you know, lives off of McDonald's. He has McDonald's for lunch and dinner or, you know, all day. What, why can't I do that? And that's what he does. And this kid literally believed, and look, he said, look how good Oche Cinco, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name, but he said, look how, you know, he's a pro athlete, he's making millions of dollars, and he's a great athlete. Hey, I know Oche, I know that guy is a great athlete, but you don't have Oche, his genetics, mm. you know, period. But my point is, it's amazing how media and what these guys see on social media, and I don't know if this guy, he's promoted, you know, he's getting sponsored by McDonald's or whatever, but it just really blew my mind, the power of media. Like, I've always known the power of media. Yeah, and, when you and, see it firsthand like that, it starts to... You see it, like, and this guy, and he was not joking. He was serious. We had a, we had a debate about it. And well, yeah, there's, gonna, the, and there's we, the other classic one is um, Usain Bolt at the Olympics in China. They said he... You know, avoiding all the other foods. I think that he they say he ate maybe like a thousand or five thousand. I forget what it was. Chicken nuggets because that was all he was eating. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure that's not what made him fast. You know, and you you can get away with those things, but you know, as you get older as an athlete, it starts to starts to catch up with you, right? <laughs> Man, it's a I I'm Jamaican. It's a yama and banana. It's a it's a what you guys call superfoods. Yama and banana. Those good ground provisions. Mm potatoes and things like that that's what helps um and for me i've been actually eating a lot of my ancestral foods and i've been feeling much better much stronger um um, and just staying away from chemical foods no processed foods and so on and so forth but it to me it just blows my mind that really that was an eye-opener for me because he was not this kid wasn't joking he was dead serious so those are with with the young kids nowadays it's just um to be quite frank laziness um getting off their butt to uh prepare their own foods and stop waiting for their parents to prepare food uh i think that's one of the biggest things that uh um we try to do is help the help them to understand that um food is their fuel and if the if they want to if they want to um produce a high octane they got to put in high octane food fuel and a lot of times, these athletes, they wonder, you know, wh- why they get dinged up, why they have so much information, why they're always tired, because your body's processing all this crap. Um, excuse me, right? But, uh, and, you know, you have all this information, and you, obviously you know this, but, and it's amazing once they change their diet and start eating proper f- foods, um, how much better they perform, feel, sleep, and repeat. So it's just that battle. 
Yeah, I mean, it's amazing even with younger athletes, you know, just timing the wrong, you know, guy has a Gatorade an hour before he comes to the gym and all of a sudden that glucose levels are, you know, really flattening out and, you know, getting a little hypoglycemic before the session and now all of a sudden they're, you know, they're struggling with their energy, they're struggling to move that bar. Um, and it's it's always that push and pull between trying to get enough fuel in a young athlete so they can build and get stronger. But, you know, as you mentioned, if we're, if we're getting too far down that fast food or Uber Eats or all these you know, processed foods, is, is, it starts to really cause a lot of problems with, uh, you know, cravings at the wrong time and the sort of the classic NBA bag of Oreos at midnight. Like these are the kind of things that become a problem, you know, over time. And Yeah, they, they, they really don't. It's tough to really I, on my end in working with these young kids, nutri- they'll, they'll train all day. They don't, you know, mm. getting them to work out is not a problem. Getting getting them to work out right is a problem. But nutrition is the biggest thing, man. Like, and, you know, nutrition, you know, hey, we don't watch them. They're not bringing their crap to the gym, right? Um, so, and once we notice we tap into that nutrition, uh, you, you see their progress. It's it just hand in hand. And the biggest thing is getting that message over to the young athletes. Because, you know, they're young. They can get away with it. But as they get older, they, they, then they, they understand how they some of them understand how important it is and i find on my end getting the message of proper nutrition to the young athletes is very difficult yeah i mean it's amazing that mirroring when they come into the facility like yours and see other people eating certain meals certain foods just how strong an influence that is because i know with our you know canada basketball even our collegiate athletes who are playing you know, trying to make it to the pros is always that struggle in college, even though they have access to all the canteen food and all the prepared food, you know, it's still a challenge. And all of a sudden, some of our guys, the guys who are, you know, fortunate enough and skilled enough to make it to the NBA, you know, two or three months in, they're eating things that they wouldn't, you know, you've been asking them to eat for four years, all of a sudden, two or three months in, they're eating it, right? So why are they eating it? Well, because they're sitting around a table with their peers who are eating it, right? So it's amazing how that sort of peer pressure, that environment, that mirroring just becomes such a big influence. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a hard thing to kind of instill, but it is amazing to see how the flip, that switch can flip pretty quick. And Yeah, you know, it's it, a, it, it makes a huge difference. You, could, you can, you know, if you, I, the funny, the, our culture is so strong. If someone, you walk into our gym with a bag of fries, somebody's going to slap, slap it out of you. <laughs> They get out of the gym. Like I just sit back. It's just not gonna happen, right? So, um, it's but it's out. It's outside, out the doors, you know. And we know if you're not, you know, taking care of your nutritional property, because it's gonna, it's gonna shows right. It shows in in your performance. And you know, if we if we segue that into your work with guys like you know PK Subban, who've been working with for years and years, and you know all the success he's had in the NHL, and a guy who. You know, it's funny remembering him first coming into LPS along you know, 10, 15 years ago, must have been now. Um, you know, how, how has your training with him evolved over time in that span? Well, he he's just got he just came back this year because, you know, he he got traded to Nashville. Then he got traded. So when he first year, when he just got traded to Nashville, that was the last year I trained him. He's in the States and, you know, just all the, it was just difficult to, he didn't come back in the summers. No, and stuff. Sure. So, um, and now he's with New Jersey, but he made it, he said he, he's back this year training. So 
with PK over the years, the great thing is that he has great support in terms of um, his family, his mom, Maria. Um, she's an angel of, angel of a lady. Uh, she'll call me and PK doesn't play with his food. Like he knows that's super important for him. He gets that. Like, And he got that because he's been working with me for so many years and that's, you know, ingrained with him you know so when he came in he you know he wasn't obviously he would had he was a heavier kid you know oh, and, i remember yeah right <laughs> so you know he wasn't the pk that everybody sees now right but uh you know so he understood that after that grooming after that mentoring and the foods that work for him and as soon as he came back in he was on the ball like okay mom called me what kind of what what should be P, what should pk eating when and how you know and that's the type of buy-in you need and you know hence that's why he does so well like when pk is locked in like he clears his schedule doesn't care how busy he is and he locks in and trains right so um they just got called back to hockey um uh, the, the, the season today starts, uh, I think January 13th or January 11th. And then Got the U S bubble uh, and the Canada bubble and all that going on this year. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think, uh, there, so this is going to be PK's last week he's, uh, of training. So we, we were kind of, cause we, you know, he was, he's been progressing very well. So, but we're kind of, I'm kind of upset. I want a little bit longer with him but it is what it is he's ready so, to go it's always the case right every trainer yeah, wants exactly. <laughs> just a little yeah. longer yeah with his whole thing you just you know but hey he's at the seasons so he's got to get report to camp i think january 3rd um but yeah he, he pk is dialed in with his food um and that he understands that's his uh you know that's his anchor yeah it's been impressive to see over the years obviously the dedication and again, that sort of automation that it just becomes second nature to, to watch and that it, progression from a young athlete where it becomes yeah. the reminders, the telling, the, the asking, the, the, the screaming yeah. or whatever from the coach. Then all of a sudden it's just the, the ownership from the part of the athlete takes over and then it's just set sail yeah. on its own. Right. Yeah. And I tell a lot of young guys now, like when PK, you know, first started, he asked me, he's on my case about everything all the time. Hey, Clint, should I eat this? What, can I eat this? Can I eat that? But now, you know, he's good because he understands. But because he asks questions to, you know, gain that knowledge, then he can apply that knowledge, you know? So he, 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 he was very in, aggressive in terms of, you know, any time of the day, any time of the night, he had a question. He wanted to make sure he was doing the right thing. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and one thing PK, you know, he looked at me, you know, he's coming back and he goes, Clance, one of the biggest things is when I know I train with you, I just have to show up. And I know, and you know, he trusts me, right? He just, he, he shows up and he knows I'm going to do the best thing for him to get better. And that trust, you know, obviously takes time with that bond over the years, but he made sure he didn't have to be in Canada, but he wanted to come back to Canada to kind of reset and, and train with me uh, like old times to, to 
that's it. I mean, that's the ultimate compliment, isn't it? The trust factor between a coach and athlete, practitioner and athlete. And, you know, I want, want to respect your time here, Clint. So last, last couple of questions for you. I know in the first season, we talked a lot of sprinting. So I definitely encourage listeners to go back to that season one episode to get a lot of your insights on sprinting. But maybe can you just talk globally about how in your background, you know, how that's influenced your training? Because obviously today, incorporating sprinting into training is sort of is very common, right? It's almost second nature. Whereas obviously for yourself, that's something that you've been doing for a lot of years, right? Yeah, it's uh, part and parcel, you know. Um, what I did before, I would, you know, we would um, lift in the morning and sprint in the afternoon. Now, over the years, um, but going, you know, it's not new. We lift and we sprint right away, right? So um, that's how we structure it. We lift and we sprint. Um, and most of the work I do with the athletes is a lot of acceleration work, uh, contrast method, loaded and unloaded work, working in high velocities, finding, getting com competitive Remember what I said, the holy grail is um, intensity. And as a coach, you got to find that. A lot of times, you have to understand, I don't train. I have a few athletes that, yes, they are sprinters, but I don't take care of their sprinting. I take care of their strength work. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, but the athletes who play team sport, baseball, hockey, football, uh, we do a lot of the sprint work. We train. We do sprint work three times a week. We do predominantly acceleration work in terms of uh, the acceleration zone. Um, you know, and you know, for us, it, it works. It, it works wonderfully. Uh, we have, uh, for instance, a Bob's a kid on the uh, Canadian bobsled team. He came to me. He wanted to be faster and heavier. So. That's exactly what he did. We put ten pounds of put ten pounds of muscle on him, on him, and he dropped his time significantly. He was super happy. So when he's back, you know. So, um, you know, it, we have a method. It works, and we'll keep doing it until I see. And I'm always trying to, you know, I always try to keep my eyes open for new things. But, but Mark, man. The big, ro big rocks are still there, right? It's always the yeah, little things the, that change, the, but the, the big point rocks point. stay the same. Exactly, buddy. You know, exactly. So uh, until I, uh, one of my, 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 my track coach who, uh, you know, I had, he analyzed my system. I'm always wanting to get feedback from smarter people than me and so on and so forth. You think, and he says, Clance, if, you know, from what he's seen, and because uh, I've sent guys to him to do some, you know, technical work and mm -hmm. more specific stuff he goes clans what you guys i see you coming out of here are strong they're fast they're explosive don't change anything so i'm very happy to hear that. nicely done and this was uh charlie francis is charlie francis a lot of people don't know charlie francis was one of the great sprint coaches of canada this was his assistant coach oh, amazing amazing stuff and listen clans you know last question for you i mean if if biggest message here obviously the book's fantastic dominate they can't ignore you i mean hopefully everyone you know listeners pick it up um you know tremendous insights what's the big take-home message that you can give people the big take-home I, I don't want to sound cliche but you, you got to do the work and you got to do the work when no one's watching you know 
you you got to put in your time you got to do the work and don't do the work just for the cameras for that post on instagram you got to really sacrifice and do the work um that's one of the big take-homes like there's no you think you're cutting corners but it's only going to catch up to you and hurt you down the line you got to put in you got to lay the foundation and and you and you really got to do the work because you know i've hey my my i get paid to get results fast that, that's what I do. And yeah, I get results fast, but it's still laid on solid foundational work. So the athletes, their take home is to really, they really got to do the work and, 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 and um, cut the distractions, sacrifice and do the work. That's well said. And I know you're a big Mike Tomlin fan. And I, I, I texted you a few weeks ago. I love his quote, the standard is the standard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? That makes me think of the LPS because it just, that's what it is, right? It's work and this is the standard and you gotta, you gotta hey, get there, right? You. Thank you. Cause I, I looked that up right away. I love that. The standard is a standard. Um, the, that just, the, the standard is a standard. Uh, I sent when you, when you uh, text me that quote, I, I, I actually looked up the uh, talk he had, and uh, I'm a big Tomlin fan, and the standard is a standard. And anytime I try to, um, you know, m you know, move away from that a little bit, I always run into trouble. So mm. um, it just teaches me a lesson. The standard is a standard. And if you can't handle the standard, uh, LPS is not for you. Awesome, man. Listen, Clance, I appreciate your time. Appreciate the insights. You know, where's the best place for people to keep up with uh, all the fantastic work that you do and in the facility as well? LPSathletic.com, or you can go to our Instagram, LPSathletic. Um, uh, my Instagram is, uh, I think, Coach Clance. Uh, also, I have a certification that we, we teach coaches all over the world, um, athleticactivation.com. Um, so, athletic, uh, yeah athleticactivationsystem.com so you can check that out and we're also on Instagram awesome well, we'll definitely include all those links Clance thanks again man really appreciate it and uh, yeah look forward to some some amazing things in 2021 when all this uh, COVID madness lets up <laughs> it was a pleasure talking to you Mark man always a pleasure thank you bud thank you for listening to the Performance Nutrition Podcast I hope you enjoyed this terrific episode if you did Please share with one or two of your friends or colleagues and support the show by subscribing on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcatching platform. Until next time. The Dr. Bob's Performance Podcast endeavors to provide accurate and helpful information to listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Dr. Bugs Performance Podcasts.